Magic Mike Show, where you hear the experts speak. The Magic Mike Show. Tune into the show every week. The Magic Mike Show. You can trust the show is the bomb because it's being brought to you by RacingDudes.com. What's up, everybody? I'm Magic. And I'm Mike. And this is the Magic Mike Show, episode 433. Mr. Samich. Very prep Let's go. We were having so much fun talking off air for a while there. I, I literally completely forgot. Oh, yeah, we're supposed to be doing this like for people to hear and, and talk and join the discussion. So welcome to the Kentucky Derby Update Show uh, for January. What's today? January 16th. Happy Martin Luther King Day to you. Uh, it's been a day off for me because it's a day off of school for the kiddos. So, uh, yeah, it's been it's been a day for me. How are you doing so far? Doing pretty good. It's a, a day off for me as well. So it's been a nice little Monday. Spent some time at the park playing some football with Lily. Did some swinging. So no complaints over here. It's actually like 55 degrees here today, which is kind of nice. Wow. It's almost as warm there as it is here, California. Lots of rain. Thankfully, it ended earlier this morning. Um, Santa Anita, if you know, you probably realize if you're paying attention to horse racing, canceled Saturday. We had a deluge. It was a, a complete and utter uh, torrential rainfall Saturday into Sunday. And then it kept going last night and this morning, too. So even though the sun is shining now in Los Angeles, it is a smart move for them to just cancel because that track at Santa Anita, first of all, you couldn't do any turf racing. They didn't do any on Sunday. You definitely wouldn't have fun running in the mud there. So we'll be back. We being Santa Anita, we'll be back later this weekend uh, for some more racing. But Mike, we didn't have any derby preps this weekend, but there were you know six races we wanted to talk about, either maiden wins or allowance wins. Horses that will probably hit the Kentucky Derby Trail next time out. Some that we like, some that a lot of people like that we might be a little less bullish on, and then some that I think everybody goes, yeah, you probably don't have much of a chance. But uh, it's a fun one. Speaking of not having a chance, apparently my L.A. Chargers preseason Super Bowl bet doesn't have a chance of hitting anymore. I didn't watch the game, but I did watch the text chains, and sounded like a fun little meltdown for uh, the Chargers there. That was a performance, man. Uh, yeah, it was interesting. You just – kind of wild on the coaching side and it, the players are at fault as much as anyone else. I don't want to just throw it all on Staley, but uh, just brutal. I mean, snapping the ball with 20 seconds left on the play clock in the second half, running seven runs and 22 passes when you're up 20 points, uh, just a lot of decisions. I mean, you're kicking those field goals in the first half, but really what killed the chargers was the fact that Staley decided to leave Mike Williams in and the rest of his starters in a meaningless game of week 18, Williams breaks his back, misses this game. He was their big red zone target. And one of the people that really shuffled the deck when they were playing opposing defenses. So the part that I'm still the most mad and Staley about is playing Mike Williams week 18. Cause that is what hurt this team more than anything else. And he would have very much made a difference in that game. Dr. Tang in the chat is already asking for Sean Payton to come over. I, I didn't know that was a thing. We do know Cliff Kingsbury is probably a little too preoccupied in Thailand right now to uh, be bothered with. I mean, hell, if I if I was in his situation, Mike, I would take my millions, go to Thailand with, uh, I forgot her name, but the woman that he is with, and I would just forget about the world for a while too. Well, the wild part is like, you know, he, he turned down some interviews for OC jobs, things like that. He's going to get paid by the Arizona Cardinals until his contract's done. So, like, why would you not just, like, live your best life, cash a couple million a year, and have a good time? Like, I don't blame him at all for what he's doing. Oh, our good friend uh, the show, Michael, says, I hit the Meadowlands pick 6-7 six, seven for 7,700 on Saturday. Nice hit. Kept betting it on charges in-game, and and uh, it was all gone. <laughs> it broke by the end of the game. It's Oh, boy. You, you know what? I bet that your bank account looked exactly like the Chargers win percentage chart. Did you see that? Or it was like, fail. Just brutal, too. It's funny because you kind of saw it coming once it started to happen, too. Once When they missed that field goal, it was like, uh-oh. 
Here we go. We're going to officially, we're going to, the Chargers are going to charge this game. That was another spot where it's like, hey, you're up 10. You kick a field goal to make a two score game a two score game. Like, just, just go for it on fourth and three there. Try and end the game versus kicking the field goal. But hey, you know, it's not like his defense was getting stops. It was just, it was maddening. And then you had just a wild game last night as well between the, the Bengals and the Ravens. The Bengals probably should have lost. They probably should have lost all three playoff games they won last year. I, a crazy stat. I posted this on Twitter afterward. So NFL teams who win yards per play in the playoffs, in a playoff game, are 14-4 and four over the last two years. The Bengals are four and one in those games. The rest of the NFL is zero and thirteen when being out there when they lose yards per play, and the Bengals are four and one. I just and that the the key play was that fumble return, and that's that's what swung the game. That's what made the difference. That's not a yard per play. That's just a big play, and the Bengals have been on the right side of every one of those four of the last five playoff games. I mean, eventually it's got to regress to the mean, right? Like eventually we've got to see it fall back it just might take till the super bowl for it to happen uh shoddy calling him sam hubba hubbard i don't know if she came up with that herself i'm gonna credit you because i haven't seen that before uh he should here now and forever now be known as sam hubba hubbard especially after that move that was great uh block in the back maybe eh, don't don't let a penalty don't let the rules get in the way of a cool play that's my opinion it was a blatant block in the back like it wasn't even any question <laughs> that was a block in the back like nah. and the crazy <laughs> like open field right near the guy running the ball and you can't be like oh i didn't see it man no i just it's like no you that's exactly what you were looking at and you just didn't call it I mean, even the camera was like pointed straight at it. Like everybody saw this. Uh, yeah, that was and I, I, the classic. I forget who the, the blocker was, but he, he pushed him with his left hand and immediately did this. Like, what? Yeah. No, what me? What me? No. In the NFL, if you're guilty of a penalty, 99% of the time you go like this. It is it is ridiculous. If you committed PI, that's it's like anytime I see someone like this, I'm like, all right, where's the flag? Like you clearly did something wrong. <laughs> all right mike we've got a big show of uh, kentucky derby updates if you're in the chat happy to see you on garfield good to see you here buddy uh, everybody who's in the chat we're gonna be talking derby stuff so give us your hot takes and your opinions you know mike and i will have plenty of our own uh let's get into it buddy right is up All right, Mike, where are we going to here? Oh, you're still pulling them up. Uh, there we go. Hijazi. We're going to talk about Hijazi uh, winning on Sunday. The latest race to see Hijazi here, the, the one horse. Uh, did you hit play? It's frozen. Oh, boy. Uh, it's a classic Let's Magic Mike show. Lots of, uh, lots of tech issues here. Uh, who knows what's happening here? Here we go. Hijazi, the one horse, breaks the maiden in his fourth start, first of 2023, at one to two. Uh, a big number, again, for this horse. But, Mike, I don't. What did you think about him here? Hajazi's tough. I mean, obviously, with the $3.5 million price tag, that it, it jumps out at you. It's the first thing people look at. They're like, okay, like this horse is supposed to be a super horse just because of the price tag. And so a lot of times you don't really give the horse the chance to progress and, and kind of move forward. First effort was okay. The second effort just misses to Speedboat Beach, who breaks the track record, comes back, goes a mile and a 16th. This was by far the best race we've seen Hajazi run. Um, and I realize it's not his best buyer, but this was by far the best race that we've seen him run. He never gets hit, only gets asked a couple times here. We're talking racehorse time, sub 22, 24 point, or 44.2, 108, 
114. So running 12s the whole way after going those really fast early fractions. Can he sustain this at a mile and a quarter is the big question, right? As we stretch out, is that going to be a thing? And I, I also want to note, it's the first time he's ever gotten the lead, which, you know, it may not seem like a big deal, but maybe he's just better in front. We've seen that a lot with Bob Baffert horses where when they're in front, they're much better than when they're trying to come from off the pace. And he's never been in the lead before. So to me, this was a very encouraging effort from Hajazi. Am I like running to the window with two fists to bet him in Derby? No, no, I'm not. But this was a step in the right direction. Boy, I'm going to agree with Shadi. She said it first here, but uh, I'm going to agree with you. I think that he is going to be proven ultimately best as a miler, a one-turn horse here. He, uh, if he, First of all, the, the, his two best races um, in terms of how he ran in, in his finish were going five and a half at Del Mar. Um, he lost to Classical Cat on debut when he was a two-to-five favorite. Classical Cat is a moderate turf horse in California and that's that might be too much praise for him right I mean he's with Phil D'Amato so that's what works for him um yeah he chased Speedboat Beach all the way around and behind a track record but then when he stretches out to the American Pharaoh it's not that Cave Rock beats his ass which he did uh, National Treasure also kind of beat his ass National Treasure came back and the Shaman was third behind Newgate and Reincarnate uh not a good performance for National Treasure Hajazi breaks the maiden in the fourth start if you look at the breeding He's by Bernardini, who's a gr- fantastic broodmare sire. As a sire himself, eh, had, hasn't been as, as strong as, let's say, his, his racing career was. And he's out of a medaglia de Romero, and you look at that and go, well, that should be plenty of distance. First of all, the dam never any, was never good beyond uh, one turn. She was you know, best at about a, probably a one-turn mile, which, again, thinking this is probably Hajazi's best race. Uh, the two siblings that raced, they were never anything beyond six furlongs, and they had much shittier sires, no offense to Central Banker, uh, than Bernardini, but still, there isn't a lot here that makes me go, this is going to be amazing, except for the point that you made. It's a Bob Baffert horse that got to the lead early uh, and kept going. This also was his first time running on Lasix. I don't know how much that did help him, but it, it Lasix is something that has, we've seen it improve horses just a little bit, whether they're with Baffert or not. But now let's look at who he beat. Worcester, the horse that ends up finishing second, another Bob Baffert horse, uh, on his debut was fourth beaten over six lengths by Faustin, who ran well. But, you know, second place was three and a half lengths ahead of him uh, when he was kind of in a photo there for third. So that wasn't a very good look for Worcester. And then Ashadis again, uh, brilliantly says, you know, you watch him. Worcester was looking. Worcester was coming. Worcester was really gaining on this horse. And he's sitting there in mid-pack right now if you're watching the replay live with us. Um you know, the fact that the only horse that pushed Hijazi was Sully, who really should be best as a two-turn horse if he gets the chance to stretch out for Sheriffs. Man, I don't know. I, I, a great performance. You've got to be excited about it because it's back for $3.5 million, blah, 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 blah. Bought with Medina Spirit blood money. But, you know, other than that, to me... I'm hoping this isn't my, me hating Baffert so much, just trying to say, like, I really think he's best as a mile. He may be best as a miler, but the, but the 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 slander that Worcester was ever going to catch this horse is completely inaccurate. Worcester was definitely closing, but I pause this here for a reason. Watch Velasquez in this stretch. Or I'm sorry, watch Mike Smith in this stretch. I never even considers asking the horse. I mean, he is doing it all himself here, not even really shaking the reins or really pumping him at any point. He's just like, yeah, you got this, you know. And, and that is why I think he is making up that ground, not because Hajazi is coming back to him. There's a lot left in the tank when they cross that line. So 
I, I hear what everyone's like, what you're saying. I hear what everyone's saying. And I actually, I would tend to agree with you that I think a mile and a 16th is really going to be pushing it. Like going a mile and a quarter could be tough, but I'm going to go back to the fact that this is the first time he got the lead and he did it very quickly. And he, he did not stop running sixes after doing it and was never asked if it stretches out, he's dangerous. I, I don't know if it's going to stretch out, but if it does, and he can make the lead, he's dangerous. I think he's one that you're shipping out of town. I don't want him running against other Bafferts if I'm Baffert, right? Because I want, I want, I want to find spots where he can go to the front and get it done, and that's going to be tough against horses like Cave Rock, horses like Speedboat Beach, horses even like National Treasure, who was in front of him the last time they faced each other. So I'm finding spots where I think he's going to get a lonely. All good points. Yeah, I think uh, where he goes next will kind of tell you um, probably what Baffert thinks of. I know Baffert said afterwards that he was really excited about him. Baffert says that about a lot of horses, and you got to say something to please the owner that spent three and a half million dollars and it took you four starts to break the maiden. I couldn't find it. I traded really hard and I could not find the tweet. I saw it about a week or a week and a half ago. Horses, 18 of the last 20 or 21 Derby winners won either their first or second start. And the outliers there include Rich Strike. So chuck that out. And I believe Country House as well. So you've got. You really need to be able to win early in your career to show that you're going to be able to progress to the Kentucky Derby. Um, also, you know, he's with Baffert, so who the hell knows if he'll even uh, be able to do anything in the Derby. Tim Yakteen didn't do so great with uh, with Messier and Taba uh, last time. But uh, that was Hijazi. Uh, let's move on, Mike. We can talk about, uh, I think the next one that you had up was Verifying. So let's go to him. Verifying, this was an allowance race at Oakland Park. So he's going to be facing uh, horses that have already won for the first time. Uh, one horse that he did face, a very important to note here, Two Eagles River, a horse that missed losing to victory formation uh, in his second career start, first against winners by a neck, also beat Lugan Knight, who came back and won the Jerome. Um, Two Eagles River was second in the Renaissance Stakes, sprinting at Oakland Park. Uh, shows up here, gun pilot also in the race. Boy, verifying, I thought, looked really strong. The times, you know, not going to be nearly as impressive as the Baffert one. But watching what he did and remembering that Oakland Park, at a mile they stop at the 16th pole, Vic Stauffer, you should probably remember that. Uh, remember that, that that he could have kept going. Watch what this horse, uh, the two horse here. I'm sorry, the five? Five, there he is. Uh, the five, five horse, horse verifying. Horse. I thought this was a very impressive effort. What did you think? Yeah, I think the one horse gun pilot is a pretty good horse too. So this is I, I don't think this is a sucker of a field. And they go decently quick up front here. You're gonna see 23 and two there for the opening quarter. Uh Verify just looked really good. He looked he looked like the goods in this spot. We'll see what happens when we, we face a little bit tougher here. But I mean, I know Shoddy and Davey, they have this horse. They actually have the exacta in this race, both the one and the five. They, I'm pretty I'm feeling good about verifying after this race. Um, right now, I think it's on the board at like 25 or 30, 33 to one, somewhere around there right now in the teacher derby pool. Um, I, this is one of those, like, look, I wouldn't be shocked if this horse makes the gate. I probably don't think this horse can win the derby. Yeah. I think a, a very serviceable horse for uh, if you're owning him, if you're betting him, um it's he's got brad cox behind him the only bad race he had in his career he won his maiden on debut he is also we keep forgetting to mention is a half to midnight bisu uh one of my favorite horses of all time goes the champagne straight off of breaking his maiden and encounters some slop at backwaduct uh still runs it a good race blazing sevens had more a little more experience and caught him goes the breeders cup juvenile off of that and a bad trip from the start i mean i don't think 
even with a clean trip, I don't think he was catching Forte and Cave Rock, but didn't have any shot there. You like to see the time off. It plenty of works underneath him. He comes back in this race, runs a solid uh, effort here. He's a son of Justify. Again, half to midnight Bisu, who I think is now, is she officially the winner of the first Saudi Cup? Have we made that decision yet? Uh, but a great effort here. And also, Gunpilot. We talk about him for a second. I think this is a horse that also will go to a derby prep next, probably should. This is his second career start, and he broke his maiden on debut at Churchill on their Stars of Tomorrow 2 card. We keep bringing that up because that is when all of the best two-year-olds from the Kentucky, the greater Kentucky region, all show up and target those races. He had a low buyer of 67, but the next one here comes back as an 88. Verifying gets a 97, which matched what Hijazi got. Yes, yeah, and Aaron brings up a good point down here. He tripped out in this spot, so that's the one thing I want to make sure I, I, I mention on this spot because he he does just get the perfect trip, gets to stalk right outside of a, a, the better horse or the uh, the be next best horse in the race here, and gets to just kind of kick clear. But he really kicked clear, like looked really good. Um, we'll see how fast the paces go in those prep races if he decides to stay at Oaklawn, and if he can be sitting this close to this type of field, like he's gonna. He's going to bury him. So he will he is one who I expect will get derby points. You're going to see him run second or third, maybe able to win one of these bigger preps. We'll see. I'm not taking too short of a price on him, though, which would be one of my big concerns, is that he might be going off as your two-to-one favorite, as your seven-to-five favorite in some of these preps. Not really interested in betting him to win at that price, but I do think this horse has a, a good future. He did. Yeah, he had a great trip, but it he – he did what he needed to do and he looked great doing it. So good things to, to, you know, to like about moving forward. Um, a great point here from Nick Feldman too. It was my next point. You had Ginobili, a, you know, a Peter Miller yeah. juice to the gills runner second off the layoff in this fifth season stakes going the same distance and verifying was a 10th, a little over a 10th faster uh, for his time. There gets a 97 Ginobili versus a 96. So you ran faster than the older horses in the feature uh, later on in the card and look at him extend. And again, Vic, remember, Mile, you stop at the 16th pole there, buddy. Uh, if they go to the actual finish line at Oakland, that margin's even further. I mean, it's gonna, it looks even better for him. So uh, I really like what I saw here out of verifying. We like Gunpilot. And again, if you like victory formation, if you like Lugan Knight, uh, the Two Eagles River, you know, he faded there in the stretch, might end up being best as a sprinter, really. This was his two-turn debut. But it's, it's looking good for those horses if you like them as well. Um, yeah, anybody else in this race you want to talk about? Nope, those were, to me, the top two were the two that I think move forward. Let's stay at Oakland on Saturday. We'll go all the way to the very end, one race after Ginobili got the big fifth season stakes win. Uh, we're going to talk about race 10 on the card, a mile and a 16th race here. So now we're going to the full finish line. Uh, Steve Asmussen with Shopper's Revenge. Uh, boy, this horse looked fantastic. Didn't break strong on debut. Uh, a, it wasn't fast out of the gate, but I love the fact. Watch the three horse, the gray. It's easy to spot. He very easily took the lead under his own power, and it was over from there, Mike. Yeah, this is one that I didn't necessarily have in my notes. And when you texted over, I'm like, oh, Shopper's Revenge? Okay. And so I, then I watched this race, and then I went back and watched that debut race at Churchill, where just not a good trip at all. I uh, ended up running second to determinedly in that spot. It's a horse. I mean, this is, I, I thought this was a pretty impressive effort for second career start. Uh, able to make the lead, able to keep it going. You like seeing this this kind of tactical <coughs> speed. He passed horses in debut. Now he didn't win, but he passed a bunch of horses after having to swing off the rail five wide down the lane, got by five or six horses. So you know the horse can come from the back, can stalk. And you know you now have speed, which is something we didn't know. So 
Chopper's Revenge, definitely one that I think has to be on the radar at this point. I, I thought this was one of the more impressive wins of the weekend from a horse that, that was not on my radar coming into this race and definitely there afterward. Uh, Aaron making a great point here. You know, solid pedigree on top of everything great that you said. <laughs> Chris Mayo, uh, four legs, mane, a snout, definitely a horse. I agree, too. Uh, that debut race for him, again, we keep talking about this over and over. That was on uh, the Stars of Tomorrow 2 card. There's two horses out of that debut race that he was in that I really like. Neither of them are the winner. It's Shopper's Revenge and the horse he caught by a neck, Sun Thunder, who came back and broke his maiden, I believe, on the 31st on New Year's Eve at Oaklawn Park. Uh, he's going straight to the Southwest Stakes for Kenny uh, McPeak. So um, you've got to love that. This is a son of Tappet, if you couldn't tell by the, the, the gorgeous gray gray white uh, main, or, or body that he has there. Out of a tail of the cat mare, stop charging Maria, who I I can't remember. I believe she was a pretty strong runner as well uh, in her day. But uh, this one is a very exciting one. Too. Oh, yeah, there she was. She won the Breeders' Cup Distaff in 2015. I knew pretty I should good. have remembered that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, pretty good there. Thank you. I, I got it in before Aaron yelled at me in the chat. So that was uh, beat it just by that much. Um, but, yeah, it's you know a great effort here. Um, huge improvement, second out and stretching out all things that you like to see. Um, really for me, the biggest point that I love was I brought you bring it back to the start. The fact that he took himself to the lead under his own power. Santana wasn't beating him trying to get there. He did it under his own power and just looked professional every step of the way. Yeah. Step slow out of the gate, but, but like you said, able to split and go Ashton Santana, you like Ashton, you want good connections, good trainer there to try and take steps forward, get to the Derby. Uh, not sure what's behind him here. I'd say that would probably be your main knock on this win, but this is a, like you said, it's a huge step forward. I mean, going from that first race to this really impressive. And I think he learned a lot from that first race, which is what you want to see from these horses, especially tappet horses, which are known to be head cases when they're younger. So it's nice to see one that, that kind of had a little bit of an issue in the first race, didn't break that cleanly, was shuffled around, made a middle move, then had to pass horses six wide. And this is your second effort. Clearly something's clicking in the head, which is, like I said, from a tappet, that's impressive, especially in the second career start. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's early in the season. Uh, one last note, and we're going to move on to, uh, let's see, the next one will be, I'll queue it up for a Cuvier. We'll go to Cuvier next. Uh, but this is uh, the favorite. You see there was the six, and it was trailing and just never could keep pace with him. Rocket and Roll is a $675,000 son of Bolt Doro for Brad Cox. They thought this horse would might end up being the goods. And, uh, you know, he's he, uh, second last time out in his two-turn debut, third here. He's probably not the goods, but he beat a horse that a lot of people thought was going to be the goods. So uh, pretty impressive from him there as well. All right. Saturday, January 14th, Gulfstream Park. We got two races to talk about. Uh, we'll get to Kings Barnes in a second. But let's talk about race five, a race where a lot of people were interested in the favorite at six to five for Todd Pletcher. That being Sergeant Pepper, a $1.6 million son of Uncle Mo. Uh, boy, that... That didn't buy you a whole lot here. It was the other Pletcher getting it done. By the way, a my racehorse horse going off at, at nine to one, almost ten to one. Uh, a little crazy here, but Saez with Cuvier. It's six furlongs. I don't. He's by collected, so I don't really know at this point. You know how much, how far he really wants to run. I thought this was a very game effort. If I'm a my racehorse owner, I love the fight that I saw from my horse in his debut. Yeah, this is funny. I, I texted you about this specific race. I think it was Saturday morning and said, hey, we should watch this race. You may see some derby horses come out of it. I actually was interested in the seven, Armstrong, the 11, Practico as well. Though Practico, I think, is going to be a sprinter. And I actually think maybe a decent sprinter. When all things are said and done, you see him press to the outside here. Sergeant Pepper took all the money. 
That's why you got these prices on all these other horses. And then Al Atas Alassi took quite a bit as well, which I was shocked by. Six one in the morning line goes off at nine to five here with what I thought was four pretty good first time starters that are all around him here chasing. The most impressive part is the taking the pressure and the 10 looks like he's going to win by five lengths at this point, right? The horse four wide who's sweeping up and the six just kind of keeps it going here. You get six, nine to one. It's great price. But here's the problem. 22 and four, basically 23 seconds, 47, basically a minute. I mean, this is this. You talk about racehorse time. This isn't racehorse time for horses that are going to go six furlongs and then stride forward into the derby or anything like that. So to me, uh, I, I mean, what? 113 and two? Like, eh, eh. But the, to be fair, this is going to be the same knock I'm going to talk about at Kings Barn. So maybe the Gulfstream Park's track's just a little slower right now. Not seeing the great performances from the three-year-olds. But, yeah, I mean, maybe you win a sprint stakes with this horse. But I, I, I don't think this one's one that's going to be a, a player on the derby trail. I don't think it goes Probably off to 9-1 if it's going to, out of the Pletcher Barn if it's going to be a player on the derby trail either. Uh, I think that he's, uh, I think you've got a great dirt sprint stakes horse. And I really hope that Pletcher keeps the, my race horse folks, uh, a little grounded with him. Uh, again, I love the fight that he showed because you had, uh, uh, you had Sergeant Pepper on him. You had Practico sitting right. I mean, he was buried inside three wide, four wide at the top of the turn. And it's just kept fighting and kept fighting. If you listen to the call, um, go watch the replay on your own. We're not going to do the sound here so that you can actually hear us. But Pete Aiello thought Al Atlazzi, the runner-up, was winning. Like, I think from the, like, three-eighths poll, he was basically, you'd hear in his voice, he thought Al Atlazzi was just going to fly right by because Kuvi had gotten stuck in that early duel and just couldn't uh, get past him there. Um, <clears throat> boy, Sergeant Pepper, uh, six to five. That didn't work out well. We'll see what they do with him next, but... Uh, you know, a good, uh, probably a good dirt stakes horse uh, later on in life. Maybe, you know, you want to aim for the Pat Day Mile, the Woody Stevens. Maybe those are realistic things uh, for you to aim for. Uh, later on in the card, though, race eight, which was part of the late pick five that we covered on the Magic Mike show. That one we had Kings Barnes. That was another Todd Pletcher runner uh, debuting for the Pletcher Barn, had been running, uh, had been, excuse me, working very well with a lot of other good Pletcher horses, including uh, Shesterkin, who we saw earlier this meet. Uh, get a nice debut win or a nice made win for Pletcher at Gulfstream Park. His son of Uncle Mo out of a tap at Mayor, $800,000 purchase. Uh, he's the two horse there with the spendthrift colors on. What did you think about Kings Barnes? Okay, this is this one's tough because there's trouble all over the place, right? I mean, you saw it on the break there, got pinched back a little bit. You're going to see a ton of trouble and not really trouble. Just has to wait to be able to make a move around the far turn more than anything else. The last furlong's really slow. <laughs> I can't get past the 14-second final furlong here. And, and that's going to be one of my main knocks on this horse. Like, I don't think this was wildly impressive. Wayhill Road was a $1.6 million horse, but really hasn't been worth that or nearly that good so far. So then you come to the question of what else is in here. I mean, the four is not very good. The one horse, the first-time starter, I believe it was for, for Safi and, and Zayez. Um, and yep. this is where you see the two horse Kings Barn kind of not able to get through as soon as he wants to get through. I get that, but that doesn't affect the time in the final furlong, right? So it's that's still what I go back to when I watch this race is that they're not racehorse times here. This isn't like what we saw from a Jazzy going 108, right? Like this is this is a lot slower than some of those, and this is a lot slower than even like Shop Shopper's Revenge that we saw. Like that horse was more impressive in my mind, and I like the professionalism. I thought Kingsborn did a great job in that perspective, especially in a first start, to face all of this traffic 
And then when we finally get loose, get loose and able to split horses, that's a positive. Mm-hmm. But they're going slow. So that's that's what I keep coming back to every time I watch this race. Yeah, the half to the three-quarter there, over uh, over 26 seconds. Um, boy, Wayhill Road, I mean, you might be able to – he was the most disappointing one in here by far. And, uh, you know, he's a $1.6 million son of quality road who's with Shook. So you know he's in good hands. Uh, it, he hadn't run since October, so you could possibly try to make the excuse. Try, to, we're not going to try to make the excuse that he just needed one off the bench. But he was coming out of a really good uh, maiden special weight debut. Victory Formation won a release. McCracken uh, won his next race out of Communication Mental, who was third, broke his maiden two starts later. This horse really, I, I don't think, had much of any excuse here. So you know, pretty disappointing effort from him. Kings Barnes, uh, congratulations. I believe it. Yeah, Paul, I believe Paul in our fantasy league drafted this horse. He never made a start. So he, Paul saw something that he liked here. Um, I thought yeah. he got cleaned right after this race. Oh, boy. Don't even get me started about some of the – boy, there's some real winners in our fantasy league. Multiple horses that ran this weekend and won were already owned, and other teams in the league tried claiming them. That's that's our competition. If we don't at least get top three this year, Mike, I think we should just retire from, from fantasy. But anyways – uh, Kings Barnes, I would assume Pletcher is going to send him to uh, probably Fountain of View Stakes, I would believe, would be the next one. The, the Holy Bulls coming up pretty quick early early February. So early March would be Fountain of Youth. I think that's probably where we end up seeing him appear next. Uh, stretching out to two turns from what you saw here, do you like his chances? Depends what's in the race. The one thing I think is that I, I do think Kings Barnes has more speed than what we saw today. So I do think he could be forwardly placed and work out a pretty good trip, maybe even get the lead if necessary. But this last two furlongs is still brutal to me. And I realize, like, again, it had trouble, but here he's loose. Now just just run 12s, run run a, at least a 13 for me. And he, he just can't do that. And that's why you see the nine flying at the end, too. I mean, you see both the nine and the five coming from the back, making a run. Well, they're not going very fast up front. So that that's why you're seeing that big of a move. So... Uh, this is a this is the horse I'm not going to bet next time out. I mean, if, the, if 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 that if we're seeing him in a prep next time out, I, I will not have him on a ticket. All right, Mike. One last race to talk about Saturday at Aqueduct Race Five. Definitely the uh, probably least exciting of these, but it was a maiden special weight winner. Uh, you would think, knowing the connections, that they'll probably try and send him to a Derby Prep Clubhouse. Gets the job done. It only took him seven starts, six starts. I apologize, six starts to get the job done. Uh, stretching out to seven furlongs after running at six and six and a half. We'll cut right to the chase. He's a son of Spice Town. He's got a tap at Mare underneath, but you've got to think that this horse, maybe I believe it's the Wither Stakes is going to be the the next one turn prep at Aqueduct. Other than that, I don't see this horse making much of a dent, at least when it comes to the um, it comes to the Derby Trail. What do you think? I'm angry at you for even making me talk about this horse. I don't, I don't even know why we're talking about this horse. I mean, this is ridiculous. They started this horse on turf. His best effort was probably at a mile and 16th, going two turns at Backwaduck um, on the turf. Uh, he really shown nothing really going into this race. Didn't really beat much here. The two power in numbers was a Klarevich horse for Chad Brown that, that never really ran a step in this spot. Like, yeah, look, we'll do a tequila bet next time Clubhouse runs. How about that? You can have Clubhouse. I'll pick someone against him in that race. That's how I feel about Clubhouse. I'll, actually, you know, I want to go back to Mike Wilson's comment in the last race. That's how little I want to talk about Clubhouse. I agree. I think you could probably play back the three in the last race um, because I did, that was that could be a very productive race because of all that traffic trouble and the issues everyone had around that far turn. Archangelo, I believe, is that horse's name. Yeah. Um, 
I even got it wrong. This is how much we care about the aqueduct circuit and how stupid it is. The 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 withers is the next prep. That's a mile and an eighth. The Gotham is after that, and they cut back to a mile. That's that's just like all kinds of stupidity. That makes you think sense, right? I mean, why that. the third prep should be so shorter than the second when you're stretching out to a mile and a quarter, right? All right. Yeah. No, exactly. And then we go back to Mount Eighth for the wood. Yeah. Uh, not a whole lot to talk about um, with this horse, with this race. Um, not other than, hey, Todd Fletcher, Todd Fletcher got another win. That was that was exciting to talk about. Uh, let's go ahead and pull up the uh, the latest Derby odds, courtesy of our friends at Bovada. Um, and boy, I got to tell you, as, as someone who owns uh, Tappet Shoes, half brother to Cyberknife in the Racing Dudes Triple Crown Fantasy League, I'm actually offended on his behalf that they're still putting him at 75 to one. And you have horses like Echo again at 50 to one. Really? No. Really? Wild Atlantic here. Storm at 25 to one. Loggins, who's like, you know, the, the information that we've gotten, we as the Racing Dudes team, is that Loggins is, is still nowhere near even returning to training. He's 25 to one. Arabian Lion, I think, is still trying to finish the Low South Futurity. Practical Joke Horse at 28 to one. Classical Cat, 33 to one. He's a turf horse for D'Amato. It's, oof. What do you think here as far as value, Mike? Who do you like? Well, if you want to know who I like, you got to go head over to YouTube backslash racing dudes and check out the video. Magic's going to edit tomorrow or maybe Wednesday. Uh, I put four horses in here that, that I thought are interesting at 50 to one or higher um, that, are, that, you know, if you want to take shots at this. And honestly, like if I was going to advocate for playing future bets in the Derby right about now is the time you would advocate for it before you have the big time prep season starting when you can kill, still get some big prices here. I mean, instant coffee's on the board at 66 to one. If Instant Coffee wins the little comp, that's going to be a third of that price, right? I, I mean, you're going to see something around the 22 to 1, 25 to 1 range. Um, so there's some interesting horses on here that, that that I think you can take a swing at if you want to. Like Curly Jack sitting at 100 to 1 had a ton of trouble in that Instant Coffee race. I think it was the Kentucky Futurity Cup, something like that. Um, but had a ton of trouble. Probably was better than Thin Instant Coffee that day, although Instant Coffee did have to go four wide, four wide around the two turns. So there are some horses here if you want to take a swing. I don't hate the idea of dropping whatever a small wager is for you on one of these horses to try and hit some astronomical odds because, you know, it could be fun. If you get any of these in the gate, you're probably going to have a better price here than you would that day that they're running. I mean, you're not getting 66 to 1 on instant coffee. If instant coffee gets in the gate, you're not getting 75 to 1 on tap shoes if he progresses the way we both think he's got the chance to. Um, and we'll see him on Saturday as well in an allowance, I believe, over at Fairgrounds. And magic's muted. Every time I look down, the red, the blinking light is on red. So I'm like, oh, it's on. And then I look away when it blinks off. Uh, sorry about the, the Kentucky Futurity. Kentucky Jockey Club stakes. He, that's what Mike meant. You know, Aaron. Don't be a... Yeah, don't, that's don't right. Uh, um, so Tapishu is 75 Accurate. to run a horse. That, Unbelievable. That, he may or may not face this horse because he's also crossed in the LeCompte. And I know that there's a couple people at our YouTube channel that have been commenting about him. Tapit's Conquest at 85 to 1 is an interesting one. He broke his maiden second out uh, for Brad Cox at Churchill Downs. Uh, a huge win for him, uh, one going away. He's cross-centered in both the race against Tappet Shoes and the LeCompte later on. I think, honestly, the LeCompte is probably a better spot uh, for him. I think he's good enough to win that race uh, the way that that kind of drew. Uh, but, you know, beat a horse – or I uh, finished ahead of a horse in his debut named Full Moon Madness, who broke his maiden next out. The winner of that race, Powerful – Failed miserably when he tried two turns next out, but then cut back to a one-turn mile stars of, or sorry, a one-turn stakes race at Churchill Downs on the Stars of Tomorrow Two Card, and he won that pretty well too. Powerful, you see, is up here on the at seventy-five to one as well. I think Tappet's Conquest. I know Tappet horses uh, still haven't won the Derby, but 
Tappet Conquest, Tappet's Conquest at 85 to one represents a lot of uh, a lot of value there. Our boy Arctic Arrogance, it seems like he is going to get blinkers, which is what we really wanted him to get after the Jerome. Uh, he's 100 to one. So if you think that the blinkers will really move him forward for uh, the much maligned Linda Rice, then I think that's a good one. Dale Romans, Cyclone Mischief at 33 to one. What could go wrong betting that horse, Mike? I wouldn't take 33 to one on race day. <laughs> <laughs> uh yeah that's actually not too bad there yeah <laughs> just saying uh it, it's it's interesting too because like uh, shopper's revenge would be one that i'd be interested in a lot of these horses here not on the board right now so we'll see as, as this kind of progresses closer if you get more and more horses to pop up um it, again i like these i think this is fun when is it not fun to have a 75 to one shot even if you're betting 20 bucks on it so you have a shot at some huge number in the derby when they're loading into the gate i mean i i I enjoyed Justify. I think I got him at like 33 to 1, something like that, 27 to 1, somewhere in that range. It was a lot of fun to have Justify at that number because it was 5 to 2 on race day. So if you like one of these horses, I think it's worth taking a swing right now, especially at the big odds because you're wrapping money up for four months here. You might as well have a, a pot of gold at the end of the rainbow if you're going to do that. Uh, Nick Sievers coming in hot. Uh, he's got two odds here we'll talk about. First one, you mentioned Shoppers Revenge. 125 to 1 at Circa, Mike. I, I know you're coming out to, uh, or you're going to be making a road trip across the country in a little bit. Stop in, I know you're going to stop in Vegas. Stop at Circa. See what you can get on Shoppers Revenge right there. Throw a couple schmeckles down. Um, I will say, too, that uh, uh, where Nick Feldman was asking about Banishing, who was that very, very solid winner for uh, Brendan Walsh checking out, got a 90 buyer to break his maiden going uh, a mile on the 16th at Fairgrounds. He is going to be facing Tappet Shoes. And determinedly, an interesting matchup there with these horses and possibly Tappet's Conquest. Uh, but you can get him at 45 to 1 at Caesars, according to Nick Sears. I wouldn't touch Banishing at 45 to 1. Uh, I, the reason I wasn't that high on Banishing out of his maiden win, Brendan Walsh horses, I hope it doesn't happen here with this horse because I like Brendan Walsh, but they usually bounce when they do a big win like that. So it's at least nice to see that Walsh didn't throw him straight into LeCompte. I think that would have been a clear-cut sign that he's going to fail but, uh, you know, maybe if we try building him up a little bit, it works here. Um, Echo again is that, yeah, I don't understand why Echo again's on here, shoddy, but that's practical all right. Move, uh, Magic. Do you like practical move 28 to 1? Yeah, let's bet a practical joke horse at 28 to 1 to win at a mile and a quarter, unless it's trained by Baffert, which it's not, it's trained by Yakteen, and if, uh, that's not gonna go well. If practical move could run half the race and then they stop it. And then they restart it with however far ahead you are, like, you know, a, a two-day Kentucky Derby practical move would have a shot. Uh, Corona Bolt is 66 to 1 here. You can get uh, Corona Bolt 100 to 1 at Circa. I think you just heard Jared Welch running out the door to go back. I know he loves Corona Bolt. That's another Brad Cox horse. Uh, 100 to 1 at Circa there. Um, let's see. Was there anyone else on here? I thought there was someone that I caught my attention. So if I Oh, extra, you... extra Nejo. Extra yeah. Neho at 28 to one, knowing he's going to be that he's back in training now, that that's the horse John White predicted could win the triple crown this year before the, the injury issue happened with him. 28 to one. If he gets in the gate, you're not getting close to 28 to one. So there is, I know it's a short odds here, but there is value there. I think if I gave you Baffert and Cox versus every other trainer, assuming that any horse that goes from Baffert to another trainer is a Baffert, right? So horses currently today under Baffert care or Cox care, Versus every other trainer to win the Derby to even money. Which one are you taking? Oh, I'm taking the Baffert and Cox because Cave Rock is winning the Kentucky Derby. That's There's no question about that. <laughs> if we didn't have Cave Rock, who would you take? I, I think it's pretty close. I mean, I... I man, I'm The ass man makes it. The ass man is the big uh, asterisk for me. No pun intended there. 
Well, it, like, extra Neo sitting there. Forte, the best horse the we've Fletcher. seen so far is Forte, right? I, I like as much as I'd like to do it. Like Forte still is the horse to beat right now. Not one of those two trainers, but the depth of talent you get with those two trainers is overwhelming. I mean, it, you're talking like seven, eight horses in each barn that could take that step forward. If you're getting <laughs> Baffert and Cox versus, you know, you're probably going to get one or two from the Pletcher barn that seem like they're going to go forward. Ashton obviously has a good barn this year as well. And then it's kind of a little bit of a dartboard after that. So uh, interesting. If you, if you like those two, I, I would probably lean toward the, the Baffert and Cox horses, which scares me because we talked about this. Pretty much every horse that left Baffert got worse across the entire time. We're talking every horse, not just Messier and not just <laughs> Taba. Pretty much every horse that left the Baffert barn got worse. So makes you kind of wonder a little bit. Shoddy, shoddy knowing half the audience here <laughs> with the wrestling reference. Here it comes Chad Brown with a steel chair. Oh, I thought that uh, was big news. Uh, <laughs> ooh, ooh, <laughs> all right there. I don't even know who Chad Brown, I, if we're being serious for a split second, I don't know who Chad Brown has that would be remotely. I mean, is Blazing Seven still his best chance? And that's not making me feel pretty good there. Yeah, no. I, I This is going to be a fun derby trail. It really is. I mean, you've got, I, I think right now you have five or six horses that should make the gate that are all very good. We've got some other horses that are probably going to take step forwards here. Like last year, when I, you look at the derby to me, and this is wild saying this because a horse won that was a million to one. I, really, if you told me anything out of five horses or four horses won the derby, I would have been pretty surprised last year. I don't think I'm going to feel that way when they walk into the gate this year. Yeah. There's uh well, there's always some horses that show up or surprise us, but and there's always, of course, the, the defections. Um, if practical move makes it into the derby gate and there's you know, they bring over the European and Japanese horses that want to screw up the pace, we're looking at another rich strike here. So no offense if you li- like practical move, this isn't a shot against Davy and Shoddy. Keep that horse the hell out of the derby. Keep any of those horses out. They screw up everything and epicenter was robbed. I'm still standing by that. By the way, Mike, if you've got an extra four thousand dollars, our boy Tis a magician. $4,000 stud fee at Milky Way Farms, a very interesting name for a stud farm. Uh, you can get him for $4,000 there. If you've got the if you've got the right mare, send her to the Milky Way. I was going to say, you better have a mare, too. You don't walk in there with $4,000 yourself. That's not going to end well. Um, yeah, I'm Here's not... a bottle. Yeah, right. <laughs> Go to work. Um, <laughs> I, look, Tis a Magician could be an interesting horse to breed to. Can run all day. Like if I'm going to breed Tis a Magician, I'm breeding Tis a Magician to a mare who had speed and likes to go long. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, because that was what he was best at, and Tis Magician had heart in those longer races. So yeah, I would uh, I would definitely look at at a horse that wants two turns or a filly that that liked two turns, a mare that liked two turns, um, and that had speed. So you can try and combine the best of what Tis Magician was with the best of what she is. Mike, before we get out of here, I do want to bring up something that was mentioned in the chat. Old friend of this show, English B at age seven, was still intact. And Grand Motion was like, nah, let's now now we're gonna snip him. It worked. He won his very first race back. Uh he could be pointing towards the uh the Pegasus World Cup turf. No, that'd be too soon for him. He just won it last weekend. All right. Well, it would be nice to imagine that, but it should be a player this year now at seven, a son of the late English channel who we love to death, uh, the out of a kitten's joy mare. Bring on those two-turn mile races on the turf, baby. Can't wait to pick him on the show so he can lose. Looking forward to it. 
Uh, picks that you won't give out or picks that you give out that won't be losing. I should say we've got one NFL playoff game left. It's tonight. The Dallas Cowboys, the Tom Brady Buccaneers. Uh, let's see Dallas right now. I'm looking at has a a minus two and a half spread into Tampa. What do you like tonight, Mike? So I like Tampa. I think Tampa wins the game outright. Um, but I'm not as confident in that as I am some other props here. So the way I'm attacking this one is I'm playing teasers with Tampa because I specifically like some games next week that I think are worth teasing. Uh, the Chiefs are going to win. You can tease them down to minus two and a half right now. That line opened at eight, went to eight and a half. It's going to go to nine or 10 by Thursday or Friday. The Chiefs money's coming. So if you want to get the Chiefs teased down to minus two and a half, now is your chance to do it. Um, so I teased the Tampa Bay Bucks from two and a half up to eight and a half with the Chiefs down to two and a half. And I also teased the Chiefs with the Eagles next weekend. Chiefs down to minus two and a half. The Eagles are currently seven and a half point favorites. You can tease them down to minus one and a half uh, facing the Giants next week. So I played both of those teasers uh, because I want to get the money in on the Chiefs when I can get two and a half, which I don't think I'm going to be able to get as soon as that line goes to nine. It's not going back to eight and a half. And I think the books are going to realize the amount of money they're taking on teasers with the Chiefs and the Eagles is going to be a problem for them unless they think that either of those teams can actually win. Uh, look, I love the Giants. Tough spot for the Giants here. Going into Philadelphia off the bye team that, that's seen them twice. Um, I do think Tom Brady goes over his passing yards total today. I think you're going to see some pretty good performance from, from Brady. Um, I would lean toward the under a little bit. Um, Brady's also his completion number of completions over under set of I'm sorry, never attempts over under a set at 42. He's gone over in six of his last seven and nine of his last 11 on that number. I would lean toward Brady attempts over here as well. So um, for me, I'm, I'm going to, I don't really, I'm not going to bet the box. I'm not going to bet him on the money line, but I'm going to play the teaser. I'm going to tease him up to play as plus eight and a half. I'm going to play some Brady props because I do think they're going to be throwing the ball quite a bit against Dallas. So uh, Tom Brady is a perfect seven and zero straight up against the Cowboys, including way back in week one of this year, beat him. Um, but, you look at that, and then on the flip side, they were the worst in the NFL against the spread, the Buccaneers, 4-12-1. So it's kind of a like you got two ends of the spectrum here. Where does the middle lie? I'm going to go with Tampa. You're getting plus 130 right now on the money line at some books. Um, that's where I would go for this game. But I, I, you know, I also thought the Chargers were going to win. If it was a – listen, just like with practical move and the Derby, if it was just a first-half thing, boy, that thing looks so good and money in the bank there. All right, it, it's been a fun week. 5-0 and on, on Dudes Who Bet Daily this week, plus six units for those five. So that was a lot of fun. 4-1 uh, and one on the VSIN pick, so that was a lot of fun. 3-0 and oh on this random tweets last night when I was betting basketball as well. So <laughs> that was kind of fun, too. So hopefully we can keep this rolling. Aaron in the background knows. Fade the Rockets, baby. That is the current way to win in the NBA. They, uh, they did not cover again yesterday. That's three non-covers this week. However, they do play the Lakers tonight. I'm guessing LeBron's not playing because they played last night in Los Angeles. I have not heard anything yet, but I would keep an eye on LeBron in or out before I bet that game. And if LeBron is out, I kind of like Russell Westbrook over props, especially if you can get a rebounds, points, assist prop, because he is going to end up getting a lot of shots on that Lakers team if LeBron is out. Uh, fade the Houston Rockets is what you meant. Do not face the, fade the Racing Dudes Rockets this weekend. Aaron had himself one Aaron hell of a weekend. I wanted to highlight that before we get out of here. Uh, three different $96 pick five tickets returned. $392 at Aqueduct, uh, $927 at Oaklawn, and then on Saturday. And then on Sunday, a $96 pick five 
over $1,600 return for that. So make sure you're checking out the Racing Dudes Rocket Picks. You're checking out the Samo Bombs, Mike and Aaron covering different spots, different styles, but lots of winning happening over at RacingDudes.com. Uh, let us know who you think is going to win Monday Night Football in the chat or in the comments and who you like for the Derby moving forward. Uh, Mike and I will be back on Thursday. Yes, we are going to Mike's favorite track, Fairgrounds, and that's actually not a joke. They have a 15% late pick five takeout now, so it is a little easier for you to handle. And there is one turf race. They they, they painted no, it actually, up enough to have turf. one turf race. I hate the turf at Fairgrounds. Isn't this where that Angels Can Sing horse won two races last year? That was last year. That was last year's sing. issue. Is that what not Angels Can She Can Sing? The donkey that won two... Down. Mike's not still upset about it. That's okay. We're not. We're not still mad about it. Uh, make sure you tune in for both those sequences. And that stupid donkey wins twice. <laughs> make sure you tune in uh, Thursday, five Eastern, two Pacific. Uh, no, we do not. Car Ramrod. We do not have the English Speed and Warrant still in the same sequence. I believe. God, I hope not. Because if not, we just lost Car Ramrod for Thursday's show. Tune in Thursday to see if they are running. I don't know. Uh, plenty of good races. That entire card, by the way, at Fairgrounds, fourteen races. One of the best cards I've seen in a very long time. So many great maiden special weights. Uh, the allowance race with Tappet Shoes and Vanishing in there. Lots of great stuff, too. A cavalry charge. Yeah. <laughs> All our good friends are back. Before we go, I got a question for you. Yes, sir. You have those beautiful Breeders' Cup hats in your background. All the Breeders' Cup hat options ended on Sunday. Did you get one? I didn't. I got to tell you, I really don't understand... Who had the stupid idea to make most of the names with lowercase letters after the first one? That's never – you look at – literally look at every hat I've got here. Do you see a lowercase letter anywhere on these stupid hats? No, you don't. It's so stupid. And, like, from a design perspective, I'm like, this is – it's worse than – shit, last year – no, that one was fine. Where's the one from last year? Yeah, this one. Like, what kind of a stupid design was that for Del Mar that this is what it looked like? And this is still way better than the stupid thing that they did. No, I didn't want to spend $50 plus shipping on, on a hoard, on a hat that I didn't even want to display up here. I'll, I'll contact them and see if they want to give it to me for 20 bucks, but that's about it. Did you? I forgot. I was going to, and I'm not going to say who. You even I'm texted trying. me yesterday. How did you forget? I, I totally blanked out. I forgot. But I'm going to try and get one anyway, because I think it would be fitting to have that hat for this show. And so I'm not going to say who it is, because if I get it, I want to wear it. And that be the... The, the coup de gras of the hats for this year. I almost I almost ruined who it was, so I'm glad you said that. I will say I by when I looked, there weren't a, there wasn't a single bid on it. So uh, I'm pretty sure you could get it still. Six or something. Someone that did get one. So I oh, sent okay. them, I sent them, I shot them a little little DME DME on uh on eBay there to see if I they have another one that I could I could purchase. I know Aaron uh, Aaron was the, the lone bidder on the senior Buscador hat. He only had to bid 40. He still bid 200 on it, which I thought was an interesting decision on his part. But, uh, hey, listen, he loves his Buscador. We all love the, the Todd Fincher horses. Uh, again, make sure you tune in to, uh, to Thursday's show, 5 Eastern, 2 Pacific. If you want to play uh, the Monday Night Football game in more in-depth conversation about it, prop bets and all that fun stuff, and also talk about – all of the shenanigans from this weekend in the NFL. Dudes Who Bet Sports with Aaron and Papa Dude will be live in just over an hour at 4 Pacific, 7 Eastern. You can always catch the replays on our podcast networks and youtube.com slash racing dudes. But until Thursday, I'm Magic. And I'm Mike. Good luck this week, everybody. The Magic Mike Show. Where you hear the experts speak. The Magic Mike Show. Tune into the show every week. The Magic Mike Show. You can trust the show is the bomb because it's being brought to you by RacingDudes.com.